Ciao, Bella. I am Ronnie and Ryan, love and cosmic coach, and this is the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. We'll talk about a magical mix of mystical methods, including everything that works to live your best life, grow spiritually, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, and connect with spirit. Tune into the magic that is all around you. If you enjoy the show, please give it a thumbs up or write a glowing review and click the bell to subscribe so you'll know when the next episode is available. I offer listeners cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, psychic, intuitive, or card readings, or learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading. Learn more at nevertoolate.biz. May good fortune and magic come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. In this week's episode of the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Susan Ortolano, who is an intuitive life and relationship coach specializing in working with soul-centered, spiritually-minded, and empathic women to attract, find, and keep epic conscious love. She also specializes in working with couples looking for a deeper, more connected, sacred partnership. Known for using metaphysical practices with other specialty techniques, Susan earned her master's degree in spiritual psychology, is a triple certified life and relationship coach who has been teaching clients across five continents how to attract and thrive in their epic conscious dream relationship since 2006. Susan believes that relationships and marriages are the best path to personal growth and healing and can be easy when people have the right skill set, level of conscious awareness of themselves and their partner. She has been featured on numerous online shows, podcasts, radio shows, and even hosts her own. After being in a toxic, painful first marriage that ended in divorce, Susan celebrates being blissfully married to her own amazing, conscious husband, Rick, since 2001. And now, let's meet Susan. Susan Ortolano, welcome! Hey, Ronnie. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I'm I'm really excited to talk to you because I know today we're going to talk about some things that are in my book really different things I haven't touched upon yet in the podcast. And that's always exciting for me when there are new things and new avenues to experience and discuss. It's like an adventure. Yep, absolutely. I wanted to know, how did you get into the relationship coaching? I already read your your bio. So you do a lot of different things, which is, you know, we're also eclectic these days, you know, but how did you get into the relationship coaching piece? Well, it's interesting because I, you know, my background, I was a high school teacher. That's how, that's where I started my career. And yeah, I started doing psychic readings as sort of a side gig and certainly teenage romance really isn't something to you know, you know, these girls will come up to me and say, oh, is he the one? And I'm like, sorry, sister, I don't think so. But I was really doing readings on the side. And the most common question was, please tell me about relationships. As I left teaching, because I really went to study to be a therapist and realized how limiting it was in terms of what I was able to do, I had to leave the spirituality and the intuition yeah. out of it. The whole coaching profession was coming to be. And so I got trained and credentialed and 
with my own relationship story and the fact that most of the questions I got during readings were about relationships, I thought that was sort of a no-brainer. I got into it just really being guided into it, again, my own experience and who was coming to me for readings. Yeah, isn't that so interesting? So you started out doing something else. Yep. And then you realize there's this pull towards everybody's having relationship issues. Yeah, we know that has happened since the, the, the dawn of time. It's just now people are doing more about it. It's funny. I went to coaching school in 2002. And at the time, coaching was still kind of a baby. Very new. Yeah. No, there were no dating coaches. I had just gotten married and I had quite a journey to find my husband. So I thought, oh my gosh, this would be perfect for dating. So that's how I came into it. But it's so funny who gravitated to you. And, and a lot of times that's how you have to pay attention to the signals the universe provides, right? Because you're like, if this keeps happening over and over, like there must be something to this. Absolutely. Again, it was a real pull to be able to have the freedom to work with the intuition and the spirituality and the chakras and all that kind of stuff inside of the relationship work where I couldn't do that as a therapist. Yeah, I could see how you, it would give you a lot more freedom. And it is interesting how things have transitioned over time. You do the relationship coaching. And one of the things I was reading about you is that you have knowledge of that kind of narcissistic relationship everybody talks about and dreads. So are you saying you can help people identify that more quickly? Yeah, absolutely. Especially empathic women and our women who identify as highly sensitive, empathic, and even more spiritually minded women tend to gravitate to those types of men and those types really? of relationships. Yes. You know, we could feel their wounds behind the narcissism or the, the toxicity and there's nothing more, we'll say captivating to a highly sensitive spiritual empath than a good fixer upper. <laughs> oh, isn't that funny? You know, um, one of my main pieces of advice is men are not projects. No, exactly. They're <laughs> not projects. And yet it's so tempting because if you're a spiritually minded woman, if you're a more intuitive, empathic woman, you could see where you can help, but you're not there to be the project manager. You're not there to be the mama, be the controller or anything like that. Those are roles and traps that women fall into and it's so sad because we are the caring women. We are the intuitive, more conscious women. Yet, man, we see that, that wounded man, that man with potential, and we just want to help. In the process, there's a lot of self-sacrificing, accommodating, and the woman just never gets what she really wants and ends up getting hurt in the process because she has sacrificed. And then the man turns into more of a toxic person because he doesn't like to be nudged or controlled or, or helped like that or helped. Yeah. That's not what he signed up for, mm -mm. but it's an interesting dynamic that sometimes those types of men do need that kind of nurturing, but if there's not a really good balance and a real higher level of consciousness, then the relationship is just doomed. Yeah. It's so funny because when I was dating before I got really serious about looking for my husband, I had met this guy, he was a fix up and I liked parts of him and other parts of him I didn't like. He didn't speak well of his mother. I found that very concerning. So I went to a psychic. I was somebody I had never seen before and I was walking into her driveway and she had just come out to get the newspaper or something. So she was out there. So we just started chatting and I was telling her what I was gonna ask her and she goes, oh honey, 
you don't need a psychic reading to have the answer for this. Wow. I, was like, I was like, what do you mean? She goes, I'm not going to charge you to tell you that is the wrong man for you. You cannot change a man. You cannot just like pieces of a man. Honestly, I was outrageously grateful, even though mm -hmm. shocked because I'm not charging you. I'm just going to tell you right now, get out of it. And it's like, well, you know, sometimes that most direct information is just what you need to hear. She was yeah. so forward and open and blatant and honest you know, about what she had to share. And I listened to her advice for sure. You know, so awesome. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's very hard. I, and I do have a lot of compassion because I was that woman, you know what I'm saying? Back in my twenties and it's very hard. You know, you see somebody, they come off very charming. They come off very nice. They look like they could really use some of that nurturing there's no balance there. There's no back and forth. There's just, you know, the woman really trying to help and sacrifice herself and be so accommodating and thinking that that caring, that love can help that man reach his potential. Yeah, and then he yeah. just gets very resentful. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible when you neglect yourself for somebody else, it takes a huge toll. So this is something I'm really curious about. And I have to tell you, my husband who cracks me up, was looking on Pinterest. Don't ask me what he's doing on Pinterest, but he likes to look at anvils. I mean, who knew there were anvils and blacksmith tools on Pinterest? In his feed, he saw something. He goes, why is there all this stuff about narcissists? Like, what is a narcissist? What's this focus on narcissism? So let me ask you that since you deal with this, like, what do you think is going on that there's so much attention to narcissists? Could there really be more than there used to be? I find that hard to believe. The word narcissism has become very trendy. So yeah. somebody dates somebody who may be a jerk and then they deem him to be a narcissist rather than he's been diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. Sure. Sure. So I like to say a narcissistic type person, mm -hmm. but it has become a buzzword. And mm -hmm. as more we'll say awareness is coming forward in the spiritual community and the conscious community and with the highly sensitive person and the empath, we see more of that coming forward because there's such a magnet for that woman to attract that type of man. Does he have narcissistic personality disorder? We don't know. There's so right. much information on the internet that says, oh, are you married to a narcissist or are you with a narcissist? So it's just become another buzzword that people like to use, but it can mean you're going to be in a toxic situation. Yeah, I could see that. And you could have tendencies without having that diagnosis as well. And it's really about people who focus mostly on themselves and the world revolves around them. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you're a full-fledged narcissist either. So well, exactly. And it's like most people are gravitate, like you talked about liking pieces of somebody and somebody's not going to go with somebody they don't like at all or doesn't have any redeeming qualities, but sure. sometimes they turn into somebody three months, six months, a year down the road. So there's the attraction part of it. And then there's who are you really with? And that doesn't always come forward initially. So it's easy to get hooked into somebody for women and then learn that they are a different type of way than you thought they were yeah. down the road. Yeah. This is why I talk a lot about dating is not being in a relationship. <laughs> and I always explain that the purpose of dating 
is what I consider a contraction, D-A-T from data and I-N-G from gathering, data gathering. That is what dating is. You are gathering data, hopefully about a bunch of different guys to see who has the most potential for you, who is the most compatible, who is the most consistent in reaching out to you or whatever. It's a sorting process. But women have, you know, a couple of dates and I think, oh, this will be great. We'll make this into a relationship. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you have a lot more qualifying to do. You don't just decide. Exactly. You want to see what he does. Like, don't just decide on your own. <laughs> Let's see how the man pursues you. Is he consistent? Does he bring you into his life? All of those kind of things. And when you encounter a very charismatic man who wants to take charge. And, and I think this is often true, even for the most successful women who are very independent. They know how to get everything done. But sometimes it's just such a relief to have some guy make decisions for a change and take the pressure off them. And then they're like, oh, because that's not exactly what they wanted. They didn't want somebody who would just take over and that's not going to work either. Now, you also told me that you really use your intuition when you're doing this relationship coaching and you go into their shocks and stuff, talk to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, it's like the intuition really helps inform. Certainly I do psychic readings and that's a whole different service because yeah. we're just taking a look and we're not doing the work, so to speak, to help somebody go from A to B single to partnered. And it's just sort of the, here's what I see for you, but incorporating intuition, it informs the questions that I'm going to ask somebody. It informs the suggestions I'm going to make about the work they need to do. And I also teach them how to intuitively qualify and evaluate somebody so that their intuition is on point and the hormones, you know, that are going crazy at the beginning <laughs> kind of calm down a little bit because that intuitive voice has to be on point. So rather than just letting the chemistry lead the way when, if there's no foundation being built again, yeah. like you said, dating is data gathering. It is not, oh my God, he's the one I've known him for two weeks. And <laughs> yeah, on occasion that does happen. Yes. It, it does, does on occasion. Yes. You know, but it's not the norm. It's not the typical way of going about getting to know somebody and you want to take some time to get to know somebody and that intuition when developed well, will be your most trustworthy guide. Mm. Uh, of course, it's hard because when you're really emotionally involved, using your intuition can be very difficult, you know, yeah. to discern, is this my intuition or is this wishful thinking? You know, what's really happening? Or is this my mind talking or my yeah. mother talking because she wants me to get married? You know, it's right. like, there's a lot, right. I know there's a lot of pressure for women coming from a lot of different places. Especially, you know, people aren't getting married in their 20s like they used to. People right, are, right. you know, either married or divorced or they're getting married in their 30s and often their 40s. And so there's a lot of family pressure for so many women where it's like, when are you going to get married? You know, blah, blah, blah. so the women feel pressure and especially the ones who want to have babies. Yeah. You know, they, they Then it's like, oh, he'll do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he'll do. You know. It's so funny because you just brought back a really odd memory for me. And I remember uh, before I got really serious about dating, I had met this guy. Oh my gosh. I had wicked off the charts chemistry with him, but I was very gun shy for a number of reasons. 
And so I had the nerve to say, can I hold your watch? <laughs> Good <laughs> psychometry right there. Good psychometry right like, there. And let me tell you, that didn't really help me at all because oh. it seems like it could have worked, but I was too balled up in all of the other stuff that was going yeah. on. And he really broke my heart after just four dates. But you know what? I needed it because I had to learn how to recover and not. And that's one of the things when I, I dated 30 guys in 15 months to find my husband because I, I, I went on a mission, you know? <laughs> yeah, that is a maniac on a mission moment yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just kept meeting men, meeting men. I was like, well, who's going to stick? Let's keep going and see, you know, who do I like that's interested in me or whatever? And I had to learn how to recover. I had to see myself as resilient because I had been very wounded in college. Then I held a torch for 10 years. That was idiotic, but I did it. And then I realized I didn't, I put the torch down. Congratulations. <laughs> and then, you know, it took a while before I got really serious. So it's just what happened. So what about the chakra part though? Did you talk about the chakra part? Well, the chakra part is interesting because, you know, as probably most of your listeners know, you know, obviously we have an energy system here called the chakra system and there are certain areas that really connect into the relationship space. Obviously the fourth chakra, the heart chakra. And again, once you get wounded, it starts to close. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's so easy to close and then think you're open again and then try to go out there again. And then it's not, you're not open. So somebody thinks you're a closed pistachio, so to speak. And then, you know, <laughs> never and, heard that. Yeah. I mean, it's like men want a woman who's open and vulnerable as well, not necessarily vomiting all over them and at, at the get go, but men do like women who are going to be open and share and all that kind of stuff. Men are vulnerable too. Sure. And then we have the second chakra, the sacral chakra, where it's all about relationships and sexuality. And if somebody has been really hurt in a relationship, that whole area, which is right at the belly area is going to be shut down. Certainly that is the last thing you want to have happen is to shut that area down. I mean, that's an area of creativity. Yeah, that's yeah. an area again of sexuality, even money, but also relationships. So if you, if you've been in a bad relationship, like during my whole first marriage to the guy who helped me grow, my whole <laughs> second chakra got really messed up and I ended up with like 35 ovarian cysts. Oh my gosh. Um, that, like that whole chakra system got whacked out. So we want to be able to keep our chakras balanced and understand which chakras really affect relationship. Like most of them do. We have the fifth, the throat chakra. Sure. That's our communication. We don't want to shut that down and lose our voice yeah. or not speak up, not know how to communicate. That's yeah. so critical. Even when getting to know, get data gathering, you've got to ask questions. Yeah. You have to be able to speak about yourself in a way that somebody can really hear whole chakra system is really important in just keeping our, our energy balanced, especially when it comes to relating to another human being. And certainly the upper chakras, you know, this is where our intuition is. And we want to be able to know how to open that, that, you know, we want to connect with the universe. We want to connect with spiritual energy because that's going to be our partner in attracting the right person. We want to stay grounded in our first chakra. First chakra is also family of origin. So if there's a lot going on there that hasn't been healed, then that whole, you know, back of the spine, that lower first chakra area is going to be completely ungrounded. 
and going to kind of draw in your father. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of like this whole chakra system is so helpful when it comes to getting yourself in alignment to attract the right person. So when you're working with your clients in the relationship area, that is something you also look at to kind of view their energy and see how they're doing and where they're aligned or blocked or whatever. And then do you help them clear that up and open you it up? Clear it. Absolutely. And, and with married couples that I've worked with, so I work with single women and married couples. Okay. With married couples, we see the dynamic through the chakra system as well, where again, it's like, I talk about my first marriage, my second marriage is awesome. Like, you know, what I needed to do for myself to attract this man and be with him for the last 21 years is mind blowing. But that first husband, (laughs) you know, I didn't know about what I needed to do energetically. I knew I was sensitive. I was, you know, 20 something. I knew about chakras. I didn't understand how they worked in relationship. I didn't understand my whole energy system. This man and his energy and my energy just were not a match. And I did, I fell into the very traps that I teach women to transcend where I was the fixer upper, I was the mama, I was the perfectionist. If I could just be good enough or perfect, then maybe he'll stop cheating or maybe he'll like, but he took the role of the man child. Uh Uh-huh. He had the narcissistic tendencies and the relationship was highly toxic until one day I just, something snapped. And my intuition said, hell no, at the very beginning, but I didn't listen. Ah. That's the other thing with intuition is once you really open that up, you got to listen. That psychic who told you, you're like, okay, I'm I'm paying attention to this. You got to pay attention to your own voice. If it says hell no, it means there's going to be something really challenging down the road that you're going to want to go into a different direction. And it was, yeah. It was spot on, you know, and I even convinced this man to marry me. <laughs> like he, oh, wasn't, no. he wasn't ready for marriage. He, he really wanted a, like more of a parental figure. I was a couple years older than him. Not, not that much older, but he really wanted more of a mama or like a home base so that he can then go out and do whatever he wanted to do. And I just allowed that. So there's a lot of confidence building, you know, the third chakra is all about our confidence and, you know, purpose and who, you know, a lot of who we are and also where we take in energy. And so I was taken on this person's energy and I was really trying to fix him up so that he could be at his highest potential, which he was never going to be unless he chose to be that. Yeah, for sure. And then if he needed my support, I was happy to support him. But I was not the one who was going to be his fixer, his savior. And it's not that, you know, we as more conscious women think we're the end all be all. It's just that we love to help. Yes. We see yeah. somebody who can be something more, or we see their wounds and we go, oh, I can help. Right. And they like me. Yeah. And that's yeah. not always the case. I know. I always say, if you have any inclination to Florence Nightingale, run, run, yeah. right? Yes. And it's like, once you're in a relationship and there's a balance there and you know, it's solid, you've got a great foundation, then you can Florence Nightingale when the, when it's appropriate. And then, yes. then your partner will Florence Nightingale you. 
you know, everybody's going to have a cold or something. You want a partner who can care for you, who you can care for as well during those times. But you don't want somebody that you are giving, 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 and you're not allowing yourself to receive because this person's just gotten used to being given to and then almost demands it. Yeah, it's tough. When you're looking for love, best thing you can do for yourself is stay balanced as much as possible. And anytime you lean into somebody, that's, you know, you want someone to at least meet you halfway, right? Yes, absolutely. And leaning in is also part of the gathering data because leaning in is like, let my intuition feel this energy out to see if there's a vibe and alignment feeling or to see if I pick up anything that's a red flag. Red flags will come ablazing and often people ignore them because yes. it's that I like this so much or yes. I want to be married by this age. And so we really ignore if women just take the time to get the balance within themselves from the inner confidence to the, the inner alignment, to connecting with their spiritual energy, their higher self, their intuition, their chakra energy system, then it's going to be so much easier to go through that sorting process that you talked about. Yeah, I, I think that's really so, true. Yeah, and you're so spot on about dating, not being in relationship. We're getting to know each other. Right. Right. We're getting to know each other to see if there is alignment, to see if we have shared interests, to see if we are compatible. And it takes some time. It definitely like takes time. And what I learned personally is it really helped me to date more than one guy because first of all, I never knew who was going to call me again. <laughs> and I was hedging my bets to make sure I kept moving. And then my husband, I was dating this other guy, number 29, when I met my husband and my husband was very slow. So he called me once a week and he went out with me once a week. And that happened for six weeks, but I was dating another guy at the same time. And I hadn't decided on which one I couldn't, I couldn't decide. I couldn't figure it out. Finally, I ended up saying something, but I didn't say it in my normal steamroller, make it happen way. Something came over me that helped me have a feminine approach. And so I said, you know, I really enjoy seeing you. And it's such a nice time. We laugh, we have fun, it's relaxed. I think it'd be fun to see you twice a week. Of course, what I wanted to say was, buddy, make it happen or get love. Pick up this pace, right? So that's not what I did. And so I kind of left it as an invitation to which he said, oh yeah, okay. And then uh, after that, then I made my choice and I ended up with my husband, but it was really hard to know. I had to go through enough time with them both to know who was going to suit me better. And honestly, there were things about the other guy that were really good, but I knew I was going to be a nasty bitch with him. And I knew my husband was going to challenge me to grow and stretch. And I wouldn't be able to do that stuff with him. It was good for me. It's been really good for over 20 years. And you know, that's an important thing that you talk about because relationships and marriages aren't just, they are for the fun stuff, 
but they're also best opportunity to heal for growth is being in relationship with another person. Yeah. And when you're with the right person, it doesn't mean you're never going to project onto each other, or you're never going to go, my God, my mother said that, or you know, this happened when I was five, or I felt this yeah. way. It doesn't mean that's going to happen. It means the way it gets handled is going to be a more conscious way where you're going to be able to say, wow, I own this. And yeah. you know your partner didn't mean to step on that landmine. It just happened for the sake of, okay, this is ready to heal. And when you're with a really conscious man, that man will say, wow, I I didn't mean to do that. How can I support you in your healing process? Now, if somebody smacks you upside the head, you don't have to stay with them. There is a, you know, there is a boundary line. There are limits. There are limits. Exactly. And every, every woman has to know where her boundary line is in terms of this is a, this is a non-negotiable for me. And, you know, one of the greatest gifts in communication in relationships is two things. How can I support you? Because men like to fix it. And we know that. And it's like, if a man says, well, you know, you're talking about something that didn't maybe go well at work or whatever. It's like, well, how can I support you? Magic question. Yes. Yes. We heard. Okay. And then all he needs to do is nod until his brain kind of goes, okay, I need a rest and not try to step in unless you say, I'd love your feedback. Very there- good. So Susan, I could actually talk to you for another two hours. I'm quite, I know. we could just go on and I have loved every minute of this. It's always great to meet a kindred spirit who oh. really gets it like in the same kind of vein, you know, I love that. So I know you have a free gift for our listeners and t- why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, it's for women and it's called the Love Trap Archetype Assessment Series. We all have these archetypes that we embody. You want to know what has prevented you from moving forward or attracting the right person. And this assessment series will tell you so that you can find out where you're getting stuck and what they need to do to overcome it. Cool. That sounds very comprehensive. Awesome. Just say your website. SusanOrtolano.com. Well, Susan, thanks again for being here today and sharing all your wisdom and knowledge. This is Ronnie and Ryan Love and Cosmic Coach thanking you for listening today. If you'd like cosmic coaching and guidance for your spiritual path, a psychic, intuitive, or card reading, or to learn about your past lives and how they influence your life today with an Akashic Records reading, please visit nevertolate.biz. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe and share it with someone that you love. I'll have more about love and magic next time. Until then, this is Ronnie and Ryan hoping you make the most of the love and magic that always surrounds you.